Be honest. When's the last time you read numbers? Well, don't worry. You can count on us to talk about it on this week's episode of The Grain Offering. Jeff, what are we doing here? Why the grain offering? Why the book of numbers? Yeah, well, uh, the answer to your first one is uh, we both went to seminary. We both like talking about the Bible. We both enjoy each other's company, I guess. So um, we, we decided to start this, this little experience, this experience adventure uh, called the grain offering. And uh, the grain offering actually comes from Leviticus, which we talked about last episode. Um, it talks about the instructions for how to prepare the grain offering to present to God. And since beer is brewed from grain and we consume beer while we talk about the Bible, this this whole experience, this whole conversation is our grain offering. So that's why we're calling it the grain offering. Why the book of Numbers? Because we had to do it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's uh, we we did the Pentateuch or we're in the middle of the Pentateuch and numbers as part of the Pentateuch, so we kind of have to do it, I guess. <laughs> That's a good enough answer for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, to be honest, like, the the question that I asked at the very beginning of the episode, it, it's kind of true in, in a little bit of a sense, because, like, numbers is not one of those books you're just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to read numbers, and it's going to be, like, great, and I'm going to learn so much about God. So it's like, yeah. I mean, the irony, I think, is that, and you know, we're maybe getting ahead of ourselves in this, but the irony with the book of Numbers is I think a lot of people know stories from the book of Numbers, but if you were to ask them, is this a story from the book of Numbers, I don't know if they'd be able to say yes. Yeah, yeah, that's totally true, because like, as I was putting together the, um, just the outline for the episode today, like, I was reminded, I was like, oh, yeah, this, this story's in Numbers, oh, yeah, this story's in Numbers. Because I think in my mind, we, we talked about it on Leviticus last time, Jeremy, but that was Leviticus doesn't really have any made main stories. Like it's, it's just a bunch of laws, right? Um, but I always get Leviticus and Numbers mixed up because like the stories that happen in Numbers, I'm just like, oh yeah, that happens as Leviticus as they're wandering through the, the wilderness, but it's right. It's not so. Right. Because you, you think sequentially. Yes. Um, yeah. That, you know, that's just where the story goes. Right. Next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you on that. Um, well, before we you know, get to talking about numbers, I have serious business question for you. Mm, okay. What, what beer are you drinking today? Um, so today, uh, I've, I've done a lot of like digging into what beers would pair best for, where, for the books that we're studying and stuff like that. And uh, for today's beer, I'm actually not that excited about it. 
um, simply because like it's a type of beer, it's a style of beer that I personally don't like. Um, and uh, yeah, I just, I, I'm not very excited about it. So today I have a uh, Lindman's uh, Creek Cherry Lambic beer. It's a sour beer um, for those of you at home, if you're interested. I'm not a huge fan of sour beer, but as I was looking at numbers, uh, numbers talks about Israel coming to the cusp of the, of the promised land, scouting it out, coming back and like, oh, we can't inherit it. There's a bunch of giants. So I, the idea being like they were there, they could see the sweetness, but they made it sour for themselves. So they took something that was perfectly good and made it sour. So that's, that's exactly why I chose this sour beer <laughs> so. very very theologically driven i must say you know that's exactly why i went to seminary you know just to figure out what beers would pair your beers Bible, yeah you know? so yeah yeah well, yeah well i did something very very similar um i went for what was in the fridge mm -hmm. um so today i have a um an anchorstein specifically a, a merry christmas and happy new year Anchorstein. Oh, nice um, you know don't know when you're listening to this maybe it's christmas merry christmas <laughs> uh yeah if they're listening to it to christmas merry christmas 2021 uh <laughs> thankfully the pandemic is behind us now <laughs> hopefully hopefully we knock on know. wood um <laughs> don't jinx it <laughs> yeah that's true that's true so, uh, Jeremy, I'm, I'm sensing a little bit of a pattern here with your beer choices that they're uh, kind of um, uh, rustic is the right word. I don't know. Uh, what word would you <laughs> convenient, maybe? <laughs> rustic is a good word for mm, it. I, I see. Um, mm. Yeah, I cannot say that it is intentional, mm -hmm. but it is there. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to put a poll down in the down in the comments down below of, of who do you think uh, has the better beer choices? So uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll get a poll going and see how many people uh, vote on that. But uh, without any further ado, Jeremy, let's uh, crack open these beers and uh, get this get this episode going. Well, there we go. Another reason to hate sour beer. I, I popped a top on it. It has a cork in it. <laughs> But thankfully, I have my handy dandy little bottle opener that also has it. <laughs> so, Jeremy, please uh, go ahead and enjoy your beer while I uh, struggle to get this. All right. <laughs> Clink. There you go. Clink. All right. As the Germans say, Prost. <laughs> That's right. true. They Don't do worry. say that. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Ugh. I'm almost there. Okay. You ready to hear this? Oh, that wasn't that impressive. Yeah, that was not impressive. So this is kind of like the book of numbers, right? Like, you know, <laughs> you look into it, you look into the beer, you see that it's there, but then you can't have it right away. Yeah, it's not great, but it's also not terrible. This is All actually right. not. Neither is Moses. <laughs> You're really leaning into the theology of my beer choice this week. <laughs> I just want to, you know, keep keep up with you on that front. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's not bad, but it's not great. I mean, yeah. So, all right, Jeremy, let's uh let's get to the overview of. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's about time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's about time. Enough enough <laughs> of, uh, 
a stupid beer opening. <laughs> yeah, and who was just messing around? Yeah, just like we must get to the word of the Lord at some point, right? Yeah, at some point. <laughs> and I, I love doing the show with you, by the way. Just uh, as FYI. <laughs> Um, all right, so the Book of Numbers is the fourth book in the Pentateuch. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, the, the author is thought to have been Moses simply because it's thought that Moses has written the entirety of the Pentateuch. We've talked about kind of the, the yeah. problematic view of that, and that's so, so that's you know that's where we're coming from. So in case you're interested in what we have to say about that, I think that's uh, in our very first episode of Genesis that we talked about. Um, I mean, it's probably in the Genesis episode, the Exodus episode, the Leviticus episode. And it'll definitely be in the Deuteronomy episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so check those out. Yeah, check them out. Um, okay, so <laughs> it's thought that the author is Moses. Um, the date written, again, kind of problematic, but a lot of historians and theologians kind of agree that it's in and around 1440 BC. Um, and it the, the Book of Numbers actually covers just a 50-year time span between uh, 450, uh, 1450 and 1400 BC. And uh, the famous stories, because again, we, we try to highlight the famous stories that are in each book. Leviticus doesn't have any. Um, numbers, there's three main stories that are kind of the, I don't know if you would say like the Sunday school classics, but certainly the, the stories that come to mind when somebody thinks about the book of Numbers. Um, And that is uh, chapter 13. Uh, We have the spies, the Israelite spies who go out into the the land and come back and report the fact that there's these creatures called the Nephilim that are wandering around. Um, 10 of the 12 spies that go out come back and say like, oh no, we can't inherit the land. It's too dangerous. And the other two are just like, what are you talking about? God's with us. Like we can can, can do this. (laughs) Um, And then uh, chapter 20, Moses strikes the rock twice, which, uh, may seem kind of like a silly detail to include but it actually has very very massive repercussions for moses's life um so we'll talk about that when we get there um and then finally probably one of my favorite stories in the entirety of the old testament chapter 22 we have balaam's donkey so uh balaam's donkey again we'll get there and talk about it when the time comes but yeah those are the three major stories um that come from or the the three most famous stories i should say that come from the book of numbers and uh, the, the Book of Numbers itself can kind of be uh, broken down into three kind of big story arcs, because um, again, we've been talking about how these books break down into major story arcs. I, I've told you this before, Jeremy, but I am much uh, more of a what's called a meta narrative person, where I kind of like to take the 30,000 foot view of whatever we're studying and, and kind of see the major things going on. Book of Numbers, uh, three major storylines. Number one, uh, preparing the Israelites to inherit the, the promised land, which is in chapters one through 10. Then we have uh, the falling away from the plan. Spoiler alert, Israel doesn't follow God's plan. <gasps> um, that's chapter- <laughs> Surprise, surprise. Yeah, surprise, surprise. Uh, that's chapters 11 through 14. And then the God's response slash the Lord's discipline of Israel comprises pretty much the, the majority of the book uh, versus or chapters 15 to 36. So the Lord's, punishment and discipline of Israel is actually like more than half the book. (laughs) So uh, there's something there that we're going to talk about, but yeah, those are the three big um, story arcs. Those are the the three big things going on in the book of numbers. And um, yeah, so let's, uh, let's dive into these, to these big questions, Jeremy. So for the first section of preparing the Israelites to inherit the promised land, they get, they're coming through their wilderness wandering. They get to the cusp of the promised land. And uh, God says, okay, go scout it out. And the scouts go out 
And uh, what's interesting to me is, is that they, they report back um, that it's, you know, flowing with milk and honey, that it's extremely fertile, that it's like ideal for raising families and, and cows and all these things. Like it's the perfect land. It's everything that God had promised that it would be. Yeah. But there's giants. There's, there's something keeping them from like really envisioning themselves there. Like, uh oh, like it's really cool, but you know that. Um, so we're going to talk about it uh, because Nephilim are weird. <laughs> but the, the, what's weird about Nephilim? Um, well, uh, first of all, if anybody watching this can explain to me uh, in great detail what Nephilim are, I will be better for it because I really don't know too much about the Nephilim. Um, I know that they're uh, referred to in the book of numbers as giants or a giant creature, um, or a giant human like creature, I should say. Um, mm. but other than that, I really don't know because <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, let's, let's put it this way too. Um, when the Romans were conquering the world, when they came across some of the Germanic tribes, they, they also described them as giants, but that's because like the Germanic people, their average height, I think was like six feet or up. So to, to the Roman who was, you know, five foot eight, they, they are giant. They are like pretty tall. Um, whether or not that's what the Nephilim were, I don't know, but that's, that's kind of what's going on. So they, they scout out the promised land. They come back and just like, Oh, it's great, but we can't have it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. That's, that, that's kind of where they are. So the big question I have for you, Jeremy, is why couldn't Israel simply just inherit the land? Uh, I mean, I don't know if I have a good answer for you. <laughs> you have a answer, but I, yeah, I have, I have, I have, I, have, I, I certainly do have, have an answer. Um, I mean, the, the, the kind of face value answer is because they don't trust God, mm -hmm. right? Like they don't have faith that God is delivering on their promise or they don't have faith um, that God will hold up his end of the, the bargain is another way to, way to say that, right? Um, you know, they see the land, they see that it's good. They see that it's, it's flowing with milk and honey, but it's still an element of, they want it to be inherited on their terms. Right. Yeah. Like they see that there's a minor hiccup in the planet. Like, Oh, well, we can't do it. Like if, if right. it's not the most simple, straightforward thing to do, we can't do it. Right. Um, so that's like, that's a response. <laughs> Yeah. No, and I, I actually think that that's kind of a, an accurate portrayal of what's going on. Because I mean, if you, if you think about it, what you just described is exactly what Israel's experience has been the entire time they've been in the wilderness. I mean, yeah. even from the time that they came out of Egypt, like actually even before, now that I think about it, even before they, they enter into the wilderness, they get to the Red Sea and they see Pharaoh's army pursuing them. They're like, Moses, why'd you bring us out here to die? Like, what? Mm -hmm. what we we had everything we wanted in egypt like yeah we were slaves yeah. but at least we had like safety um but you see this this pattern repeated time and time and time and time and time again throughout the wilderness of oh we don't trust god uh we're hungry okay well we like the manna but we want quail we want we want food we want protein like god and then we talked about it too like god's response like okay i'm gonna give you so much quail it's gonna come out of your nose um mm -hmm. so he gives them he gives them bread he gives them manna he gives them quail he gives them water. 
He takes care of them. He gives them places to stay and, and protection. And God constantly is taking care of, of Israel throughout the, the wilderness wandering. And again, they come up to the, the promised land and they see that it is good. And yet they see that hiccup, like you said. And it's just all of a sudden, just like, oh, well, we can't do it. Whoops. <laughs> like, so, I mean, it's, it's not, unfortunately, it's not surprising that Israel, was, <laughs> you know? Right. They definitely, uh, it, you know, Israel occupies the same kind of spot in the story time and time again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, why do you think, I mean, getting back to the question itself, like you, we, you gave an answer, but let's, let's kind of dig a little bit deeper there. Like why, why couldn't Israel just walk into the promised land and inherit it? Like what's, what was so bad about these Nephilim that prevented them? Cause like after this, they don't go into the promised land right away. They like keep wandering for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, so this, uh, does bring up your question of Nephilim, mm-hmm. um, in, in a sense, um, the first, uh, mention of Nephilim is, is not in numbers, but in Genesis, mm-hmm. um, you know, the sons of sons of God taking wives from the sons of Adam, mm-hmm. um, and procreating mm-hmm. now the Nephilim, you know, you, you brought up the kind of historical approach of like a Roman seeing a Germanic tall person is going to be like, Oh, they're pretty big. Like they're pretty yeah, giant. Yeah. 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 Um, but there is a bigger story element here than I think pure height difference. Mm. Um, and I think that can be found in pulling on the, the main mentions of the Nephilim that we have in, in our canonized Bible, mm-hmm. um, which are Genesis, the, the first mention of, you know, sons of God taking uh, daughters of, of, Adam, daughters of man and procreating, mm-hmm. um, the Nephilim in the promised land. And then it, the most famous Nephilim of them all, um, Goliath, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, what we see just under the surface is ancient Near Eastern Kings claiming to have divine origin, right? Yeah. 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 Um, you know, and, and all the principles and powers that come with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are some bases of scholars who identify the Nephilim as purely Canaanite kings mm-hmm. claiming to be God, right? right? Yeah. Canaanite kings, Canaanite leaders claiming to have greater power than they do. Right, right. Which, to the Israelites, they're coming from a land where the king claimed to be of divine origin pharaoh yeah um pharaoh is 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 a god yeah to the egyptians so they've come from a land that has just been shown to them where that that king is not god that king is not in charge that that you know divine appointment is not in charge right and that god has power over that particular pantheon as well correct yeah so part of the 
the mistrust, part of the unfaith, part of the, you know, if you want to say sin of Israel in the story mm -hmm. is immediately forgetting what God has done for the Israelites in Egypt by seeing the promised land, seeing that it's good, mm -hmm. seeing Nephilim, seeing kings, seeing leaders yeah. claiming to be God and saying, essentially, God, your power must end here. Right. There's, there's, this is the border of your power. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, no, I was, I was going to, to say that I was actually reading through the, the prophet Amos uh, earlier today. Mm -hmm. And uh, spoiler alert, the prophets don't have anything very kind to say about Israel. <laughs> um, but um, one of the things that struck me is, is that Amos time and time again mentions, uh, you know, he's speaking on behalf of God and, and he says uh, that God says this all the time. And that is, remember that I am the one who brought you up out of Egypt, out of the house of mm -hmm. slavery. Um, mm -hmm. So even, even, you know, generations and generations and generations and generations down the road, God is still reminding Israel, hey, remember what I did for you in Egypt. Yeah. Yeah. And that actually uh, is a perfect segue into into our next section on on numbers. And again, falling away from the plan in, in chapters 11 through 14. Um, the reason why they fall away from the plan is because they're scared. They, they scout the land, they see the Nephilim, and they're scared. And they, they say, we rather just go somewhere else. Um, so that's what they do. They wander around for a little bit more. Um, and the question I have for us, Jeremy, is I feel like we could ask this question of any book in the Old Testament. Um, <laughs> but the question is, uh, why does Israel suffer from short-term memory? Or short-term <laughs> memory loss, I should say. Yeah, I mean, I'll, ask, I'll answer your question with a, another question. Um, Classic. Why do we suffer with short-term memory loss? Come on, dude. That's where I was going to go with it right like yeah yeah the story of israel is the story of us right mm -hmm. although that is also problematic in and of itself but sure 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 oh, okay i'll say this then the story of israel is the story of humanity there you go that's a much better one <laughs> um you know we the exodus is the story of um the Israelites getting out of Egypt and the rest of the Bible is about Egypt getting out of the Israelites. Mm. Mm. Say that one more time. That's, that's a really good line. All right. Well, I, I'm going to say that I'm pulling it from, from Rob Bell. So, oh. <laughs> so cast your stones now sinners. Um, <laughs> just get that on a shirt. Um, Dude, that, that should be our first merch drop. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, again, the, Exodus is the story of Israel getting out of Egypt, and the rest of the Bible is the story of Egypt getting out of Israel. Mm. Mm. Which, when we really break it down, the Exodus is the story of people in bondage being freed from their ties freed from their chains yeah yeah and you know as a white man i can't really talk too much of being uh of being chained up i can't right. talk too right. much of the ways i've been marginalized and held down and you know 
commodified by right. the powers that be. Right. Um, so I don't want to make it seem like, again, that it's just some big metaphor because it's not. We're talking about real people in real places being marginalized and then being set free by God. Yeah. And there's a very deep truth to this matter. Mm-hmm. We fall back on the things we want to or the things we don't want to be right mm-hmm. and i think we've talked about this in previous episodes as well but it's easy to fall back on what we know even when what we know is bondage what we know is chains what we know is right. egypt right and i think like a stupid metaphor and granted you've been really great at like giving us like these really big deep things to chew on and i'm gonna just throw a super like superficial metaphor out there let go and let god (laughs) oh god i uh, um no the the metaphor that comes to mind is like like a gym membership like just because you have a gym membership doesn't mean you're all of a sudden gonna be healthy like being Mm -hmm. healthy requires a lifestyle change but we often work back to like oh well mac and cheese burgers sweets like why go to the gym? Why live into this new reality that is before me when I can just do what I know and what's comfortable? Yeah. You know? Yeah. What's easy. Yeah, exactly. What's easy. Yeah. Um, yeah and I, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I think that that's the point of the question was to kind of get past the, wait a second, this is about me. <laughs> <laughs> um, because it, it's so true. It, it is very true. Like we, and I'm so glad you mentioned the 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 idea of of bondage and stuff like that because again, as as brothers, we we grew up in a white space. We we don't know what it's like to experience bondage or slavery or oppression or any of that. So I get very kind of I break out in hives when when especially white evangelicals will say like, "We've been set free by the Lord." It's just like, yeah, we have, but I think you're fundamentally misunderstanding what that freedom means. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think there is a, a level to it that also includes um, well what's coming to mind is is that um, one of my the, uh, theology professors at Fuller um, talked about it's not freedom from it's freedom for um, that yeah. we find in God where it's not freedom it is freedom from slavery but it's freedom yeah. for living the way that God has intended us to live. Mm-hmm. Um, like which Romans. Is, yeah, exactly. Um, and even, even Paul himself says like, I was once a slave to sin. Now I'm a slave of righteousness. I'm a slave of Christ. <laughs> so it's just like, you're, you're swapping one set of, of bondage for another, but the, the chains of righteousness that you put on, like Jesus says, like my burden is light, you know, <laughs> yeah. like what you do with me is you're going to find life and have it to the full. Like that's, that's yeah. what, so, so yeah, I think, um, I think the short-term memory thing is is something that comes up a lot in the story of Israel, but it also comes up a lot in, in our own history. I mean, mm-hmm. you think about, um, we just got through doing Christmas uh, a couple months ago. Um, and one of the things that always comes up for me is this this feeling of like, I, I open a present, and I'm like, oh, this is great, this is great, but what's next? <laughs> like, what's, <laughs> what's the next thing? What's the, what's the next thing that I'm gonna open, you know? And well, that might just be the seven in you. That's true. That that is very much the seven. Um, <laughs> the, the 
the next best gift is the the one that will fulfill all the needs that i have yeah yeah yikes uh (laughs) but um the idea of you know what's next what's what's the next thing Mm -hmm. um we do that with god all the time it's like okay god i know you delivered me from that but are you going to deliver me from this like i know you were faithful then but are you going to be faithful here Mm -hmm. like all of a sudden when it comes to the reality of our situation we start to question if god will do what god has done all along just like i know you were faithful back then but i'm not quite sure you're going to be faithful now you know so it's yeah we kind of get in this in this spiritual rut i guess yeah so um okay now the last part of numbers is comprised of i don't know what's what's 15 to 36 how many chapters is that 15 i'm terrible at math plus six 21 chapters Sure. <laughs> yeah. Looking numbers, you should know. Yeah, 21 chapters. <laughs> so <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, so the um, the last part of numbers consists of God's discipline of Israel for falling away from the plan. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's worth saying, again, the biblical authors don't make mistakes in what they include. Um, yeah. they, they do these things for a reason. So whenever you see a big chunk of chapters like this, you got to be like, oh, maybe there's something there that we need to pay attention to. So Mm -hmm. the last 21 chapters of of Numbers consists of God's discipline. And the question I have for us is, is God being too harsh with Israel? (laughs) Because, I mean, they get punished pretty badly. Um, I mean, mean... Moses striking the rock twice, that basically prevents him from seeing the promise or from entering the promised land. Yeah. Yeah, and it seems seems a little harsh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess so. Like, like what you know, where's the grace of God in this situation? Like, okay, let's talk about that. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, like maybe the grace of God is in the fact that He saved you from slavery in Egypt, right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, didn't have to. He could have just been chilling in like, you know, the world. And just been like, eh, yeah, they can they can handle it, right? So maybe the grace of God isn't there. Maybe it's in that God doesn't leave them at all, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, like he was a, going to. Because remember, oh, yeah. when they when the golden calf episode in Exodus, God's just like, okay, I promised that I'll I'd get, give you the uh, promised land. So go ahead, I'm going to stay mm-hmm. here. You mm-hmm. know, like God almost was like, no, nope, I'm 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 good. <laughs> yeah, and and I want to also bring into the scope too that like the way god acts in the old testament specifically the pentateuch right Mm -hmm. is very functionally how gods act in the ancient near east Mm -hmm. with the caveat that the god of israel is different yes right yeah so i i don't i i don't want it to seem like there's this big bait and switch between old testament god and the new testament jesus right yeah because they are one and the same yes and yet the people writing the old testament and telling these stories understand god in a different non like greco-romanized way right like like they do in the new testament so we have to Hellenize. That's the word I should have said. Nice. Um, now, I, so I want to be careful of that. But like, is God being too harsh on the Israelites? Uh, 
as an Israelite, you probably say yes. Oh, of course. Yeah. As a reader of the story, you probably say, no, they're being dumb. Right. And that's the thing. Like if, if you're in the middle of being disciplined, like I doubt any child who's being disciplined is going to be like, you know what? Thank you, mom and dad. For I, I really see the errors of my way. And right. you know, it's, this is a fair judgment. Like, no, that's like yeah. not it. So it's this, it's this weird balancing act of like, is God too harsh? No. Why? Because God is God, right? <laughs> like, yeah. um, you know, there's so many niche stories in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, where especially Moses goes up to God and says, hey, God, you're wanting to like kill all these people now, but that doesn't sound like you. Yeah. <laughs> and God's yeah. like, you know what? You're right. That doesn't sound like me. I'll only like wipe out half of them. Yeah. Right. right. So there's this playful interaction that the storytellers are, are unveiling. Mm -hmm. um that i tend to go to a place of interpreting as um more almost more manipulation on moses's part mm -hmm. which falls into the ancient near eastern tradition of pulling on the strings of god to get a specific outcome right right, right. which does stand in contrast to the idea of god will provide everything you don't manipulate god right but also it's awfully suspicious when Moses is like, but God, like for your namesake, not for the Israelites, they're, <laughs> right. they're terrible because but of for your, your namesake, yeah. yeah. like, don't forget like how good you are. And God's like, you know what? I am pretty good. So <laughs> yeah, like I, yeah. we can't, we can't overlook that, but yeah. we also have to hold it in tension with a whole lot of other stuff. Sure. Um, so there's no, for me at least, there's no direct an, an, answer to your question of is God being too harsh? Right. I, I think that that question can pull on strings in the story that ultimately lead you down a path of just missing some of the larger yeah. intentions of the story. And the, the question is also very subjective as well. Yeah. You know, it's like, is God being true or harsh? Yeah. Like God, if I was God, I wouldn't do it. Like, eh. <laughs> like, um, but yes. And where, where I think I, I land on this question as well is actually some, one of the biggest lessons I learned about the book of revelation. Um, mm. So, so hear me out on this. <laughs> so okay. in, in revelation, it talks about God's judgment finally being enacted upon Mm -hmm. the world right so we see yeah. you know a third of the world wiped out uh, a third of the stars all this stuff right and uh i was leading a group of high schoolers through the book of revelation uh, not too long ago and one of the questions that i asked was like is god being unfair here like is god just being unfair and one of my one of my freshman dudes who i, I love the dude to death he's like S if i was as smart as he was at my age like oh I would have gone to like Oxford like that. <laughs> like, at his age. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, at his age. Yeah, he's yeah. super smart, super like deep thinking. <clears throat> like shout out, shout out to Ian. Um, but one of the things that he said was just like, no, I think what's going on is, is that w we see that God's patience has a limit. 
And I was like, what do you mean? And he's just like, well, I mean, God has constantly warned people throughout the Bible of what happens when sin goes unchecked. And God is not going to allow it to happen forever. Like God will stop it at some point. And Revelation is a story of God saying like enough is enough. Um, so I think with, with numbers and with the discipline of, of Israel, there's a similar thing going on where, where God is not going to let Israel just kick and scream and rebel for the sake of rebelling. Like God will intervene and, and say like, no, you, you must suffer the consequences of your choices. Um, and again, that can be extremely problematic because like, like, mm-hmm. oh, well, that doesn't sound like God. Like, yeah, but God is also a loving parent and, and a loving parent doesn't allow a kid to do whatever the heck they want all the time. Like there are, yeah. there are boundaries. And I think in the story of numbers, we see Israel crossing a boundary that God says, no, I'm going to correct you on this. Yeah. I mean, and I think to, you know, to your point of, you know, but that doesn't sound like God, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus says a whole lot of stuff that doesn't sound like God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like he says a whole lot of stuff that doesn't sound loving that, that, to us. That it doesn't sound like he's caring for his neighbor to us. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's completely scandalous and um, unacceptable in certain terms for Jesus to tell the story of the wedding banquet where he sends out the invites. They all say, oh, we're busy. It's like, okay, well, you're gonna, your seat is going to be replaced. And then, that's very unfair, right? Yeah. Like, not, not only that dude, but like he, the, the father who's thrown the banquet is just like, Oh, they didn't respond. All right, go out and like just burn their villages. Yeah, right. So, like, there's a bunch of stuff like that where it's like, oh, that doesn't sound right. Like, God or like Jesus calling, um, you know, a woman like you're you're a dog, like who's, a Syrophoenician you know, dog. Yeah, you know. So, I don't know. We we want a really one dimensional god who provides and cares for us and loves us unconditionally Mm -hmm. um and then we get all thrown out of whack when we humans who contain multitudes are shocked at god containing multitudes yep when when god doesn't fit the narrative that we've written god into right yeah um so yeah well that is a, a perfect way to kind of to wrap up. It's uh, it's time for last call, Jeremy. So last call. What are what are some closing thoughts you have on the book of numbers? Book of numbers, um, pretty underrated book. Um, I think that there's a lot in there, a lot of profound. Um, stories that that reverberate throughout the bible i mean we didn't even talk about some of the best ones um right but yeah i numbers is one of those where like go go back and reread it it's it's worth checking out yeah yeah and uh for me uh i i agree i think it's an underrated book um i think that we like the stories of Israel triumphing, triumph, triumphing. That's anyway. We we love the stories of Israel winning battles against their enemies, 
but we we kind of shy away from the ones where it's just like oh like israel messed up they have to be punished they're like being sinful and stupid like eh, that doesn't make for a very good sunday school story um so i think that numbers is a reminder that god is still sovereign um god is still faithful god still leads us um to slay the giants in our life uh, so, um, yeah, I think that the, the book of numbers is a good reminder that no matter what obstacle we face, God is still going to be faithful through it. So, all right, well, that is, uh, that is our thoughts on the, the book of numbers. Um, some thoughts, some, some thoughts, thoughts, some thoughts, um, very few, but some, <laughs> yeah. Uh, just, uh, as a heads up for anybody who's, you know, made it this far into the, into the episode um next episode we we will be wrapping up the the pentateuch and we will be talking about the book of deuteronomy um and it'll be the first episode that jeremy and i will be doing in person with one another so we're grateful for that we're looking forward to that uh cracking open a beer and actually like making the the clinking sound (laughs) um and yeah uh jeremy after after the pentateuch where are we going oh so some judges man Mm, some straight start judging people you come up to this podcast, leave an angry comment, get ready for the book of judges. Like. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, yeah, uh, we'll wrap up uh, Deuteronomy next time, and then we're going to hop into the book of judges. So, um, Jeremy, grab your beer. And uh, thank you, everybody, for watching. You know, like, subscribe, share, comment. Smash that like button. Smash that like button. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you know exactly when we're. Uh, if you want to follow us, great. If not, that's fine too. Uh, so, uh, pretty sure, and I'm pretty sure anyone who doesn't want to follow us has not made it this far to hear you say it's okay that you don't follow. Us. That's that's fair. That's a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everybody for watching. Thanks for uh, you know hearing us ramble about the book of Numbers, and uh, we'll see you next time for the book of Deuteronomy. But until then, my name is Jeff. I'm Jeremy. And this has been our grain offering.